Chapter 131. Lago Hunin, Peru. Search for the Hunin Grebe. There was no need to stay an extra night in Huanuco, so after a quick lunch we got on the bus to La Oroya, the junction on the Carretera Central where we would have to change. It was getting dark when we arrived and we were too tired to haggle with the taxi driver who charges far too much for the remaining one-hour drive to Hunin at 4,100 metres above sea level. We made it, though. Hunin was freezing cold, but at least we're used to the altitude now. Hunin is nearby a huge high-elevation lake of the same name. People say that rather than Lake Titicaca, Lago Hunin is actually the largest navigable lake in the world. As well as its beauty, it also boasts two species of birds which are found nowhere else in the world, the Hunin grebe and the Hunin rail, both of which are endangered, the formerly critically so, with only a couple of hundred left. The place to visit the lake is a small town of Ondores, just 20 kilometers from Hunin city. It's a 40-minute communal taxi drive along a gravel road. I was really excited. I was hopefully going to see my third critically endangered species in Peru, one of the most important birds of my trip. We stopped in the Inrena office where the park guards work. I always imagine these places to be a waste of time, a bunch of guys knowing very little about birds and just after your money. This place was very different, though. It was only five soles to get in, and all the guys were very helpful and seemed to know what they were talking about. I'd read that the rail was almost impossible to see, but they told me that Thomas Valky, the guy that had written that in my book, had actually been there a couple of weeks before and found it. I was filled with fresh hope. They said that the grebe was difficult too and that the best place was from a boat which I could arrange. I decided the best plan of attack was to spend the morning in search of the rail and the afternoon looking for the grebe. If I failed to see the ladder I could rent a boat and go look for it tomorrow. The guards pointed us to where the rails had been seen and we started to walk out that way. It was good birding in general with lots of ducks and other high elevation species like Cinereus harrier. I walked through the flooded lake edge. I managed to keep my feet dry for a while, but finally the water seeped in over the tops, and my feet were drenched. After that I simply waded knee-high in the water, round patches of reeds, looking for the rail, with no luck. By midday I gave up and went to the office to meet the boy who said he could take us out on a boat. He had dollar signs in his eyes and a big smile on his face until I explained our financial situation. I offered about 30 soles, which might not be as much as he would make with other groups, but better than the roadwork that he was doing at the time. We agreed to meet back here at 8am tomorrow for him to take us out. After that we walked along the lake edge the other way to look for grebes, but there were none to be seen. We decided to call it a day and started walking back along the road towards Hunin. Whenever we didn't need a taxi there was always one about every five minutes, but none passed for the longest time. We were feeling pretty unwashed now, and the dirty little hotel with cell-like rooms had no hot water. Washing at night in cold water is not the first thing that you want to do at 4,100 metres. We ate some fried chicken instead, and went to bed dreaming of gleaming showers gushing with piping hot water. We were up nice and early, and walking the freezing cold streets at 7am. We'd agreed to meet our guide at 8am outside the office to go together on a boat on the lake. It was a little before eight when we arrived and there was no one to be seen, so we walked down to the little corner shop to buy a bit of food. I guess the boy wasn't too thrilled about our offer of just ten dollars, and instead of him, one of the guys in the office said that we could join a group of frog researchers that were going out on the lake to do some surveys. There was one nice chap called Rolando, who was very friendly, and we chatted to him as we made our way down to the boggy edge of the lake. 
All the boats here were flat-bottomed as the lake is so shallow and are propelled by pushing them along like a big gondolier, which was nice and peaceful. They weren't going out of their way to find me greaves, but they did seem fairly confident that we would see some. One of the frog guys said that he'd seen a couple of greaves right next to the edge of the water yesterday morning, right where we'd been searching, but we'd been there in the afternoon and not the morning. He said that the Zambuidores, literally divers, had been just 10 metres away. I was annoyed I hadn't gone there in the morning. I would have got a great photo. By the lake's edge, I saw a nice pair of Andean geese. Our boatman slowly pushed us out onto the lake and we saw some grebes way out. We made our way closer to them, but by the time we got there, they were long gone. We arrived at an island in the middle of the lake where we got out of the little boat. We'd been dragging along two smaller boats, which two of the guys got into and started checking for evidence of the endemic frogs. I guess the bottom of the lake is all silted up and the frogs leave footprints and little shits. Quite a job. We all stood there, occasionally exchanging a few words, but mainly just scanning the lake in the distance for grebes. Seeing them was not a problem, but I would have preferred to have them a lot closer. They were definitely hooning grebes rather than their smaller cousins, the silvery grebe, as I could see their long necks, but still, it's hard to get too excited about a speck on the horizon. I wish I had a scope with me. The guys finished their surveys without finding any evidence of frogs. Probably not a great sign for this endangered species either, and we started our way back. The boat passed some small islets on the way back, and I spotted a puna snipe with its bill tucked into its back, having a midday nap. Rolando told me that recently they had done a quick count of the grebes and seen 131 individuals on the open water. More could have been hiding amongst the reed beds, but still, it's a very small number for a global population. I guess they suffer a lot from pollution on the lake and also get trapped in the fishing nets. Things don't bode well for the species. On the way back, I chatted with Rolando about the species and also about the rail. Apparently the rail flies to the mainland when the water level is high and the lake islands get flooded. On the mainland, they seem to be more susceptible to predation, and they said that recently they'd found evidence of three dead rails. A bit worrying when you consider that they only know about five live individuals. We ran aground a little far from the edge of the lake, and he had to drag us the rest of the way, which almost killed the poor guy. Dragging a boat around at 4,000 metres certainly seems to take the wind out of you. We walked back to the office together, and he showed me a few photos before I took a picture of Rolando and I together and shook his hand to say goodbye. We took a taxi back to Hunin and got our stuff together to leave. <laughs>